You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. a transformation series, and I'm so excited about, about the series that we're starting. Um, I think that every one of us in here, we have a day uh, in our life, you know, that there's one day at least in our life that we have either anticipated or we celebrate. There is one day in every one of our lives that we either anticipate that day or we celebrate that day. For example, it could be uh, the birth of a child, right? We anticipate that day, especially if you're the mom that's carrying the child. When you get to about the last month, you really are anticipating that day, right? And, and then when, when the baby comes, you celebrate that day. And every year, there's a what? There's a birthday, and you celebrate that. And how about a marriage? You know, you anticipate that day to get married. And then you get married, and, and, and then you celebrate it every year by an anniversary, right? And then the next week after the marriage, you say, what in the world did I do? No, no. <laughs> right? Or maybe you anticipated a graduation. You know, you, you, you couldn't wait to graduate from high school. You couldn't wait to graduate from a university. And, and, and so that day, you anticipate it. You work hard for four years. Or if you're on the six-year plan, you, you work hard for six years, whatever it may be. And then you get to that place, and you graduate. And then after that, and after 10 years, you have what they call a what? A reunion, right? And if it's a high school reunion, after the 10 years, you go back, and everyone rents a Corvette or something to see, to show people... <laughs> to show people how successful they are and how well they've done and all of these different things. And then, you know, uh, after 20 years, you stop caring as much about what people think, and at 30 years, you really don't care. <laughs> I went back for my 30-year reunion, just don't care. You just are who you are. You know, for the Grecian formula went out the door. Men's, you know, kick it all out. Don't need all that. But there's no day like Easter. Easter is the greatest day that, that we can celebrate because Easter is the day that death was defeated. But not only that, it's also the day that dead end roads were given a different path. And it's a path of life. So Jesus said, I came to give you life, and that's eternal life. But he also said, I came to give you a life more abundantly, an abundant life. And so everyone that, that, that walks with Jesus not only are we hopeful that death is not going to have the final word, but we're also hopeful that when we're living here on the earth, that we're able to have the peace of God, the joy of God, the love of God, the faithfulness of God, and all these different attributes that we cannot muster in our own abilities. Amen? We can't muster them. Jesus said something that really stands out. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live. Now, let's just stop right there. You'll live. We don't have to be in a dead existence. There's a lot of people that are walking around the earth, but we're like the walking dead without God. Amen? we got problems. We've got situations. We've got relation, relationships. All kinds of different things are going on that we need help with. 
And so Jesus said, anyone who believes in me will live, even after they die. So that helps us with eternal life. And I was talking to people at our campus uh, yesterday uh, evening. We had our, our, our Christmas, I mean, I'm sorry, Christmas. That's coming. We had our Easter service uh, last night in, at the Copper Corridor. We had a full house. And talking to people beforehand, you wouldn't believe uh, the individuals that come to me and say, I have, would you please pray for my uncle or my mom or, or different individuals that are struggling with cancer and all kinds of things. They're, they're at the a brink of, of the reality that death is, 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 is a possibility. And so Jesus said that death is not going to have the sting. Even after dying, we will live. That's what he said. And then everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. And it gives us a sense of hope and assurance that everything's going to be okay. So we're going into a seven-week campaign. And we're going to be looking at some facets of our life that we really struggle with. And we need transformation. You know, Jesus came to transform our lives. He came to change us where we can't change ourselves. And so we're going to be looking at seven weeks. First of all, we're going to look at spiritual, how God can transform our spirituality, how he can give us life abundantly. We're going to look at that today. We're going to look at how God can transform our physical, our physical uh, 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 life. And, you know, uh, the Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, so God dwells in us, so we should take care of our temple and so I love tacos. You guys know this. Most of you, if you're a guest here, I'm going to let you know I love tacos, enchiladas, tostadas, all these things. Now, they're not really good for my body all the time. So I have to work constantly. Can you tell I've been working? I, I, I like to be well-rounded <laughs> in, my, in, in my life. But we're going to look at how we help ourselves physically, right? And then mentally, we, we, people struggle mentally. We have, we have uh, some, some mental, uh, maybe depression, emotional ups and downs. We're going to see how God can help us mentally, emotionally. Uh, you know, our, our emotions can go crazy. We're going to see what the Bible says about that. And then we're going to also transform our relationships. So relationally, we're going to look at that as well. And, and, and we'll see how God uh, ordained relationships to be and how he can help us in that. And then we're going to look at financially as well, how God can transform our finances. And I'll share about how God has transformed the finances at Living Word Chapel. I'll share a little bit about my own journey with finances and how God has just really done a miracle in, in mine and my wife's finances. And then we'll also talk about vocationally when we go to work and, you know, those people at work. It's, not, it's never us that's the problem. It's always those people at work. It's that administrator that God gave us here at Living Word Chapel. It's, you know, it's that Janet Walker. That, I, I need some help. It's, it's, it's that, uh, uh, you know, Vicki uh, Vicky Dietz. Where is Vicki Dietz? It's, she, you know, the Lord, I, Lord, please work on her because she needs a lot of work. And No, we're going to see how God works on us in, in our jobs. And these things are really, really big. So if you're, if you're new here today if, and if you're a guest with us, I, 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 I want to invite you. I want to invite you to... Go on this journey with us for the next seven weeks. And you may not even be in this location. You may have to go back somewhere. But my prayer is, even if you do, you can talk to our small groups pastor, which is Jeff Sopcich. He's right here. And he's going to have a booth set up. And maybe you can do a small group wherever you're going to. Because we really believe that God wants to change you no matter where you're at. But if you're in the area here, then you can, you can come and join us for seven weeks. And we can see if God will change your life in these seven areas. And all of us need transformation in one of these areas. Amen? One of us, uh, you know, we, we, we definitely need to be transformed 
uh, in these areas. So talk to, to Jeff Sopcich, and if you're, if you're not in the area, you can listen to our podcast every week and hear what, what, what I'm saying from up here or one of the pastors is, is talking about, and then we can join together and let God be glorified. So this first week, we're going to focus on goals that are set by faith. Goals that are set by faith. The reason we're going to look at goals is because when you have a goal to, to, to accomplish something, you have to initiate faith. You have to believe that you can accomplish that. Amen? If my goal, if my goal is to shake Mike Bonner's hand, Mike Bonner is sitting in the front row right there. He's that real handsome guy with a beard hanging down in here. If my goal, I have to do something about it. So, so for, for my goal to be accomplished, I have to say, Mike, I want to shake your hand, dude. And, and, and Mike will say, Pastor, I want to shake your hand, too. So Mike will stand up right now because he's just, and then he'll walk toward me. <laughs> and he'll give me a handshake. So faith or, or, or goals have faith. You have to, you have to take a, a step. So I want to look at in the Bible in Philippians 3, uh, verses 12 through 15. And we're going to see where the Apostle Paul is talking to the church. And, and he's talking about goals. He's talking about how we accomplish goals. Now, because, this is important, because Jesus is alive, the faith that we have is not dead faith. The trust that we have is in a risen Savior who is alive and well, who can handle things that we can't. So we're going to look right now at, at Philippians 3. Let me pray. Father, thank you for every person here. I just pray your blessing over uh, every individual, Lord. Thank you that they took the time to come and, and uh, worship with us. And, and as I prepare to, to speak this message, I ask your blessing upon me. Uh, that everything that I say will be uh, clear and understandable. Lord, that you'll lead me with your confidence and uh, ultimately that people will know when they leave here that this message is from you and I'm just a, a messenger. So all of us in here submit ourselves to your word. Uh, we pray this in Jesus' name and everyone said, amen. So the Bible says, uh, and this is Paul writing, he says, not that I have already obtained all of this, or I have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. In other words, Jesus took hold of me so that I can take hold of things, right? Jesus took hold of me so that I can begin to move forward and take hold of things, okay? And then he says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, I forget what is behind and I strain toward what is ahead. Someone say, that's good, that is, because that is good. We, we strain, we, we move toward what's ahead, and we forget about what is behind. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So I thought to myself, what are, what are some things, if you're going to reach a goal, you have to launch faith, right? To reach a goal, I have to launch my faith. If I'm going to go to the moon, I have to launch a rocket, and if I'm going to go to another place, I'm going to launch something, okay? So we're going to have some faith launchers, which are essential to meeting our God-inspired goals. And every one of these is going to help all of us. 
Every one of these is going to help all of us. The first one, the first faith launcher is this. Always believe that I haven't reached my potential in Christ. The Bible teaches us a very important lesson, which is a life lived through faith is a life that believes that every day is an opportunity for me to become better. Amen? Every day that we live a life in Christ and believe in him is a day that we can become better. Tell someone, I haven't maxed out yet. I haven't maxed out yet. You see, the more that I walk with Jesus, the more that I hear and see the stories of people who walk with God like the Wendy Nielsen's. Wendy Nielsen uh, was born with an umbilical cord wrapped around her neck, and she was not expected to live. She did not have the oxygen sufficiency to, to live. And so Wendy was born with what some people would call a handicap. The doctor said, you can't expect too much to happen from this uh, baby, and her life will be filled with a lot, of, a lot of difficulty. Wendy went through a lot of surgeries throughout her life to help her in, in the progression of where she was going to go. But the doctor said, there really isn't a lot of hope. And so Wendy Nielsen came to Living Word Chapel probably, you know, 15 years ago, and she began to uh, connect to, to Christ and to his purposes. And when Wendy first came, she said, I'm a, I want to serve in some area. And she started serving. And you may not remember this. If you're young here, you're probably going to say, what in the world is that? But it's called a transparency. And a transparency is like a, like a, uh, uh, a plastic. It, it's multimedia before multimedia was really multimedia. And so you, we would have this overhead projector, project, projector and because we're an off-the-wall church. So just so you know, off-the-wall. So... <laughs> We had this, this, uh, this overhead projector, and Wendy would come up here, and she would, she would put the, the songs on there, and then she would have to move them back and forth. I always, make, I always tell her, Wendy, I remember you, because when you would be putting the music, you'd always be going like this. You'd be doing the cha-cha. You'd be, you'd be doing the cha-cha-cha, right? And so, so, no, she really wasn't doing but that. I'm telling the story. Well, Wendy, Wendy progressed from being the transparency uh, volunteer to being our, our, our media volunteer, and then she progressed from there to becoming the bookkeeper of Living Word Chapel, which she is now. Now, the doctors, yeah, yeah, the doctors say she wasn't going to live. Now, she didn't stop there. Then Wendy, who's single, uh, she went and she bought her own house. She bought a house. And then after she bought a house, she bought a SUV. And, and so she keeps, she keeps doing things that people said there's no way that she's going to be able to do. And the reason for that is because there's power in the name of Jesus. And if you ask her why all this has been accomplished, she'll tell you it's because of Jesus. There's, there's also like the Eddie Morelos, uh, Eddie Morelos says, and Eddie Morelos is a, is a, a friend of mine from Las Cruces, New Mexico. Eddie Morelos went to New Mexico State University on a scholarship, and he, was, he, he did really well in high school. And he went there on a scholarship, but he started, uh, he started partying a lot, and he ended up doing a lot of cocaine, and, and then cocaine led to meth and all kinds of different drugs. And so not only was he doing drugs, but then he began to deal drugs. So Eddie ended up going to prison at, uh, at the New Mexico State Penitentiary. And when he went to prison, he, um, he came out, 
And when he came out, there was something different about him because in prison he found Jesus. And it wasn't that he found Jesus in prison because the, the reality is Jesus isn't lost. But Jesus found him. And, he, and, and, and as Jesus found Eddie and began to transform his life, Eddie came out of prison and went back to New Mexico State. And then he became, he was hired as their main statistician for all the sports. So for the WAC, I think they're in the WAC, they might be in another conference, he would go to all the games and do all that, but he didn't stop there. Because he was doing so well and his integrity was so high that the Sun Bowl uh, board, the board of the Sun Bowl, the Hyundai Sun Bowl in El Paso, Texas, they looked and they said, we want this guy on our team. And they brought him on his team. He's now on the board of the Sun Bowl. And I, and I texted him. I said, Eddie, I'm, I'm going to be using you as a testimony. And he said, please, please share this. I used to make fun of people like me. <laughs> I used to make fun of people like me that walk with God and that trust in Jesus. Now I cannot stop sharing Jesus. He's got a very lucrative job. But you know what he does on the weekends? He goes to the parks and he shares Jesus with people. Is that awesome? The transforming power of God, right? As we, as we go through this series, what you're going to find is that God will take you beyond your limitations and beyond your potential. God will take us beyond our limitations and beyond our potential. The reason for that is because Jesus is alive. Your faith is alive and his goals for you are attainable. God's word says, I, I know that I am not yet what God wants me to be. I haven't reached that goal, but I keep moving toward it to make it mine because Christ made me and he saved me for this. Every time you set a goal, it's an opportunity to exercise your faith. And the more exercise that we do, the stronger that we get. The more that we trust God for bigger things, the stronger that we get and we believe for greater things because greater is he who is in us than he who's in the world. And if you walk with God, you will accomplish way more than what you could ever do. You need to know that, that uh, uh, it says this, I am certain that God who began the good work within me or within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So not only is he alive, but he's coming back. And we're in the, we're in the dot, dot, dot. We're in the intermediate state. We're in the, in the dash of our lives. But two vital things are, I mean, two things are vital. And the first vital thing is you have to let him start the work. You have to let him start the work. This is letting go of the steering wheel of, of, of your life and giving it to God. Notice what the Bible says. God began the good work in you. And this is so cool. What kind of a work does God start in us? A good work. God never starts a bad work. You know what starts a bad work? When we try to do it. When people come into our lives, relationships that are broken, it does bad things. When we have a job that's broken, it does bad things. When our emotions are broken, it's bad. 
When our mentality is all over the place, it's bad. When we're not aligned to the purposes of God, it's bad. But God began a good work. You have to let him start that work. And today is a perfect time for you to do that. Now, the second thing that is vital is you don't quit. This is so great to know for this transformation series. Don't quit after the first week. Don't quit after the second week or the third week. We have to trust that God will continue his work until it is finally finished. And if God starts something, he will finish it. The last thing that Jesus said on the cross, the first thing he said on the cross is, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So he knows that we're going to mess things up. As people cussed at him, as people mocked him and laughed at him, he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. The last thing that he said on the cross before he breathed his last, he said, it is finished. So God will begin the work in you and God will finish the work in you. We need to grab a hold of that important thing. Everyone that does this campaign is going to receive a free Transform journal. And in this journal, there's a, I went through it. It's wonderful. I started mine already. If you're in a group, you might have brought your, yours already because there's a place there for sermon notes. And it says my three monthly goals. And so I started putting my goals in there for, for, uh, for, for this campaign. And it starts with spiritual health goals. And so I put something there, you know, I think it's doable that I can read through the New Testament in the, in the uh, 90 days. And I can be intentional about taking some time and being quiet with God. Because there's so much noise in my world. Anyone have a lot of noise in your world? Just, people are always talking to you. And, you and, and so we just need some quiet time. So I put that as one of my goals to really make that something for these 90 days. I, it talks about physical health. And I put down right there that uh, I, will, I will eat three burritos a day, uh, enchilada style. Make sure there's sour cream. and No, I didn't put that. I put, I'll walk two miles three days a week. <laughs> and then cardio and weights two days a week. So I got these goals here. And, I, and, and, and so every one of us will, will be able to put some goals down. Your goal may be in, in spiritual. Your spiritual goal may, it might be, I'm going to join this campaign. I'm going, to, I'm going to go to a small group one day a week. And let God pour into me and, and let people surround me so that I can have strength as I go through these 90 days. Talk to Jeff Sopcich about that. So, so it's, it's, it's wonderful. And I challenge you to gauge what happens from day one to, to, to when we're done with the campaign and see God's potential transform your life. Because I believe this. I believe that where we start, we will be better off when we finish. Amen? Because God will begin the work in us, and if we let God complete the work in us, if we don't quit, it's going to be a wonderful thing. Faith launcher number two, you have to let go of the past. It takes faith to get unstuck. You have to believe that the blood of Jesus is greater than your past mistakes and failures. You may be stuck in unforgiveness. I said that last night. There were three or four people that started crying. 
right when I say that. You might be stuck in unforgiveness. You cannot release someone that's hurt you. You cannot release. You're stuck. You cannot release a, a, a relationship that's been bad, and, and you're stuck in unforgiveness with that person, that individual. Maybe your mom. Maybe your dad. They, you, you're just stuck with unforgiveness against them or whatever. Can I tell you, until you release them to God, you're stuck to that bitterness and unforgiveness. It could be financial. You may be beating yourself up because of finances. You may be thinking, I'll never get out of this financial mess. Can I tell you how, we'll, how, how we can pay off debt? How, how do we pay off debt? How do we pay off debt? One dollar at a time. One dollar at a time. And you don't give up and you forget the past. You, you say, you know what, I'm going to put this behind me. I made some bad mistakes, but I'm going to put that behind me and I'm going to start moving forward to the things that are going to glorify God. Okay? If it's a bad relationship, you need to let it go. And the word of God encourages us to launch our faith with an understanding that we may not be where we want to be, but God is not done. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing that I do is I will forget what is behind and I will strain toward what is ahead. The Lord just planted something in my mind right now. But you're at a job, and that job went bad because of people, right? It's never us. It's, it's always the people. And that job went bad, and so we go to another place. And then, what, you know what I have figured out is that there's people everywhere we go, right? And everywhere we go, there's people, and, and for some reason, there's that same kind of person, but you have to settle that, amen? You have to settle that. Say, Lord, work in me so that I can work around them. Let go of the past. No matter how good you think your past was, a future with Jesus will always be better. No matter how bad you think your past was, your future with Jesus can restore your present condition. And you can't reach the goals that are in front of you if you are stuck in the past, it is impossible. Here's what I believe with all of my heart. Some of you are going to get unstuck. Get unstuck. The past is not going to have its grip on you anymore. Because Jesus is alive. He's greater than that. Faith launcher number three, I have to con continually take steps of faith. You know that babies teach us the importance of first steps and next steps? From the, from the birth of, a, of an infant, their mentality there's something innate, there's something instilled in their lives that says, I need to keep moving forward. You don't have to do it for them. At first, babies, you know, infants, babies, the first thing they do, let's just be realistic, the first thing they do is they eat, forgetting what is behind and moving to <laughs> Forget what's behind and let's move what's ahead, okay? 
What do babies do? The first thing they do is they eat, they drink, and they poop, and they pee a lot, right? But then, but then they, you know, they start to move. You know, the babies start doing this, and they start experiencing. They just move kind of weird at first. You ever notice that? Because they're saying, hey, I didn't know my arm bent, right? And they start, have you still noticed that? And then they, do, they move their finger like, hey. And they start grabbing. But then, but then they do this. I, I, don't, I can't do it without, without actually showing. They, they get up, they're on the floor, and they, be, they, they can't walk or they can't crawl, but they begin to drag themselves. Right? They're, they have a goal. They want to get someplace. And then from that, they, they stand up. And then they, they, they go from one place to another. And they, you know. But they keep, what, what's the goal? They want to what? They want to move forward. And then before you know it, they're, they're walking, right? And be, you're, it's, it's so cute. Look at their walk. And they took their first step. But before you know it, they're walking everywhere. They're touching everything. And you go from, yay, to, don't touch that. Don't, don't. You see, babies teach us a very important lesson that we have to continually take steps. And can I tell you that babies, when they fall down, they don't say, I fell down, I'm not ever going to get up again. Really, babies, they don't do that. Infants, they fall down, they get up. They cry a little bit, and then they get up, they start walking. We need to take those steps of faith. Notice what God's word says. It says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. I love it. God has called me to keep moving toward the prize for which God has called me heavenward, north, in Christ Jesus. Tell someone, I press on. Just tell someone, it's not going to hurt. I, 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 I promise you it will not hurt you. Just say, I press on. I press on. I'm going to keep moving forward. I press on. You know, God brought many of you here today so that you could exercise your faith in Christ Jesus. Many of you will go, on, go with us on this Transform campaign. Not all of you, but I believe many of you today are going to say, I need that transform campaign because we need transformation in our life. Today is your day. In fact, God made this day as a day for you to believe, for you to trust him that he's not done with you yet that you are a testimony in the making, that you are, you are a work in progress, that God is going to pour himself into your life so that yourself will be made better because you will be alive in Christ. He will take you off a dead-end road and put you on a path of life. And some of you are in here and you're thinking, Pastor, you don't understand. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not worthy. I just don't feel worthy. Could you imagine Eddie, Mar Eddie Morales in the, in the prison cell? Got popped for selling meth. Do you think he felt worthy? 
How about Wendy Nielsen? When everyone said, you know what? She shouldn't even be alive. Look at her disabilities. She's very worthy to God. You may be thinking, you don't, you don't know what I've done in my past. I don't know, but I can tell you today that you can forget your past and move forward into a brighter future through Jesus Christ. God can transform your life like he could never transform you today. But you have to come to his table. He invites you to come to the table so that you can partake of his goodness. And I'm going to have the praise team do a song. And many of you, your hearts are going to be stirred to come to the table, not religiously. God doesn't want religious people. In fact, he hates religion. Religion crucified Jesus. But he did that so he can have a relationship with people. Amen? See, I don't have, I don't have this... God in heaven who is looking to see what wrong things I do. I have a God in heaven who's my friend. I have a Savior in heaven who I have a relationship with. Who walks with me on a daily basis and he wants to have that with you as well. So let's listen to this song and then I'm going to come back. And I'm going to close with an invitation for some of you to say, God, I need you in my life. I want you in my life. Hear a voice of love that's calling There's a chair that waits for you And a friend who understands Everything you're going through You keep standing at a distance In the shadow of your shame And there's a light of hope that's shining Won't you come and take your place And bring it all to the table Nothing he ain't seen before For all your sin, all your sorrow and your sadness There's a Savior and he calls Bring it all to the table And he can see the weight you carry Fears that hold your heart. But through a cross, you've been forgiven. You're accepted as you are. And bring it all to the table. There's nothing he ain't seen before. For all your trials, all your worries, and your burdens, there's a Savior and He calls, bring it all to the table.
seven, eight months ago, and we started meeting on a weekly basis. He's an engineer for NASA, so that means he was a rocket scientist, right? He developed one of the, one of the pieces for the, the shuttles, the space shuttles that's still being used to this day, like 30 years ago. And then he became, after he retired from NASA, he became an attorney. So you couldn't argue with him because he'd win, and he's too smart to, to if you think you're going to outsmart him. So I had nothing except Jesus, but he was at a place in his life where he said, I need something. I'm empty. And what he needed was Jesus Christ, and he gave his life to Jesus. But there's someone in here today that you're empty without God. And we will be, because we were made to have a relationship with him. And so he's inviting you to the table, and it doesn't have to be anything weird. You don't have to become religious. He just wants to embrace you and love you and to transform your life. And he starts by transforming our hearts. Anyone that's walking with Jesus, you know that he transformed your heart and your life. So I'd like for everyone to bow their heads right now. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I want you to know that God doesn't want to embarrass you. He wants to transform you. Join me in this prayer if this is you. God, I, I 
come to you this Easter morning and I just admit that I'm a sinner. In other words, I fall short on a daily basis. I'm in need of salvation and transformation. And I know today that this only comes through faith in Jesus. So today I confess that Jesus Christ died on the cross at Calvary for all of my sins. For my past sins, for the sins that I'll commit today, and for the sins that I'll commit in the future. You died for every one of them. I also believe that Jesus is not dead. He's alive. He rose from the dead on the third day, just like the Bible said he would. And so today, today I open up my heart and I open up my life and I choose to follow Jesus in the fellowship of his church. And the church, Lord, I, I, I will declare is not a building, it's not a denomination. The church are his people all over the world who fall short but trust in the perfect one, Jesus Christ. So today I receive him and I will walk in him. Now, everyone just keep your heads bowed because this is such an important moment. If you're here today and you prayed that prayer and you say, that's me, I, I just, I'm receiving Jesus as my Savior. Will you raise your hand so I can agree with you? Yeah, I see your hand right there in the front, praise God. Anyone else, just raise your hand. God doesn't want to embarrass you. He wants to transform you. Yes, I see your hand in the back. Praise God for that. Anyone else? You're saying, you know what, that's me. Yes, I see your hand. Praise God, bro, I see your hand. That's awesome, dude. Anyone else? Yes, I see your hand on the way back as well. You know, here's the thing is that God doesn't want to embarrass you. This is between you and him. All you're saying is, it's me. I am not ashamed. I need him in my life. Thank you, Lord God. Yes, I see your hand, dear lady. Praise God for that. It's beautiful. That is so wonderful. Anyone else? Yes, yes, I see your hand out there back there in the back as well. God is so good. God is so good. You guys can look at me now. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.